Welcome to the Transformation Church Weekly Follow-Up Podcast. Our goal is to help create context and drive conversation to learn more of what God has for us. Now, let's join our team as we get to follow up, break down, and gain deeper insight into this week's message. Hey guys, welcome back to the Transformation Church Weekly Follow-Up Podcast. I'm Justin Oswald, the Executive Pastor of TC with... Uh, Again, with me again today is our lead pastor, Brad Livingston. That was a struggle, man. It was. You good over there? So I'm good. <laughs> it's good to be back. Another week, another sermon, another follow-up podcast. And coming off a powerful weekend, a lot of things popping this weekend, a lot of things happening. And, uh, you know, uh, and because there was a lot of things happening, or maybe there was a lot of things happening because um, one of uh, one of the, the greats, was in our space uh, this past weekend. One <laughs> um, one of my dearest friends, and uh, you know somebody that is special. And we'll talk about all the all the reasons why he's special here in a little bit. But uh, Pastor Scott Thomas is on the podcast with us today. I am so glad to be here. And by the way, the greats could not show up, so I'm here. All right, so that's, <laughs> that's where we are. But no, it's really good to be with both y'all. Awesome, really awesome. Glad you're back. It's been about a year. Yes, yeah. and man, the advance that Transformation Church is in right now—it's—it's it's all you can almost slice it and put it in your pocket. You feel the energy, the excitement, a uh, lot of things happening. Yeah. Yeah, no, we, we appreciate it. I'm, I'm, it's always encouraging to hear that because when you're in it, you know what I mean? It's, right. it's like working out. You look in the mirror every day, you don't really see anything. But so true. Somebody else shows you a picture from a year ago, and you're like, oh, yeah, okay. I gotta, <laughs> there is something going yeah, on there. No, right. there, there definitely is. And uh, so very, very excited to see it and to not just see it, but feel it. When people get in the room, they can tell there's something going on. That's exciting. Yeah, yeah, no, it's been, it's been awesome. And, and uh, Pastor Scott's at Free Life Chapel in yes. Lakeland, Florida. And, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, uh, we're started in 2011 and, uh, multicultural, multi-generational, multi-issues, uh, multi, <laughs> you name it, we've got it. Uh, what are those? Having an absolute <laughs> blast. Uh, our, our whole theme is helping others discover and live the free life in Christ. And so that's our passion, our heart, and we love what we do. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Pastor, one of the things that's so, that I love so much, um, is you, you know, you're, you're just over 35. <laughs> just over. Just yeah, over 35. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, oh, you're being really kind. <laughs> you no, know, one of the things I, I, I really love, Pastor Scott, and I would love to just hear kind of your take on this is, um, how old are you actually? I'm 52. 52. Yeah. And no, I, w- I would never peg you at 52. Okay. But one of the things that I think is, one of the things I think is fantastic is at 52 years old, the way you do church is, is not the norm for 52-year-olds, right? Yeah, yeah, I, <laughs> I, I would probably agree with you in that. And my wife says I'm a struggling actor uh, <laughs> and a frustrated actor, I guess, is probably a better way to put it. Um, no, I, I have a passion uh, for creatively expressing the hope, the life, the good news of Jesus. And uh, I was raised in church all my life, love church. Anybody that's preaching the gospel, I'm going to be a fan because I love all expressions, traditional, non-traditional, mm-hmm. church that's going to hold you there for three hours. I, I, I can I can take a <laughs> Snickers bar and enjoy that too, right? And so I, I love all of that. But our expression is I enjoy breaking it down and watching the lights come on in people's eyes. And go, oh, yeah. And so that brings something out in me, even though I'm this 52-year-old guy. There's something that brings out the youth in me. When I see that light click, it, it energizes me, man. It brings a passion out of me that I, I can't explain. So I'm, I, I'm, I'm feeling more uh, settled, and I, I'm loving ministry right now more than I have ever loved in my entire life. I'm that's loving awesome. this. Yeah, that's awesome. 
that's often and and you know when i i'm constantly we're watching free life all the time you know what i mean i'm watching okay. what you guys are oh. doing and and um and even some of the guys that you've turned me on to some of the churches yeah. you know cbg and, and yes. these others and and um you know I, I i think that it's just so necessary you know um number one you know i don't think there's a right and a wrong way to do church as long as it's biblical correct right so I, um then to step outside of that i think that you know every church is necessary you know there's some people that would walk in our churches and go nah this isn't right this isn't i'm not comfortable in this space sure, or the lights sure. or the sound or the whatever and, I, and we respect that right i mean 100 you know, yeah, that's, yeah that's why the church down the street is important i'm not fighting against them correct you know what i mean we're working together to accomplish the same goal for different people groups but you know uh, we both kind of walk with the same mentality if you're going to catch different fish you got to use different bait without a doubt <laughs> with, no, without a doubt and and i think creativity is not just something sexy cool fun that you can do uh, I mean, just think in the beginning, God created, right? The first thing we learn about God is he's a creative being and he made us creative geniuses. Yeah. Everybody's a creative genius, everybody. Yeah. And so when we can leverage that into expressing the goodness and the love and the hope of Jesus in our lives, I think it makes it fun. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, random tangent, but I'm going to get on it anyways. Uh, so I was doing some church history, uh, a little while back and we, uh, in the pipeline, we walked through all the ologies, right? ecclesiology and soteriology and all this other stuff. And yes. so in my, in the midst of doing that, uh, what we found, this is very interesting. So if you ever need this information, it's yours. You may know it already, but I'm going to no, say no, it on the podcast. I'll, I'm going to rip it off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so in the midst of, of doing that study, one of the things we went back to is the 16, 17, 1800s, right? And so one of the things talking about creativity in the church, one of the things that happened in that era, as you know, stained glass, Right. Well, so they started having conversations around this idea of stained glass. Why did they do it? And they actually go back to some excerpts and, and some of those ideas. And they said, well, we, we wanted, obviously we needed natural light pouring into the building. Like that was a thing. Um, they didn't want to be too dark, but they, they thought about the idea that since dust was in the air, what would it look like for those beams of light to bring color and flavors into the building? Wow. So stained glass was the original Come on. creative lighting element for churches. Now, then they started making pictures out of them and all those things. Sure. We know that, right? Sure. But the original intent was to create, was to change the lighting environment in the room. So uh, when we talk about lights and some of those things, it's like, well, this isn't a new idea. This is just new technology. I love that. Modernizing an old idea. You I know? love that. So good. So they uh, they actually wanted to to create colored light beams yeah. in the sanctuary. They just use the sun, whereas we use technology. So yeah. that's cool. Yeah, <laughs> so they got was, LED lights too. Yeah, yeah. Color LED lights. Exactly. Yeah, they got the GOD yeah. lights. Good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so uh, so Pastor uh, Pastor Scott's at Free Life Chapel in Lakeland, Florida. You guys can find uh, information on them online, and and uh, you know I know that they're, they're doing amazing things down there. And Lakeland's right between Orlando and Tampa. Tampa and Orlando. That's right, right smack in the middle of the state. That's right. Yeah, and uh, so if you guys want to, uh, you know, if you ever want to check more on Pastor Scott, that's where you can find all of it and so he was with us this past weekend had a, a couple things popping off we, we actually had our team night scheduled for the 22nd and once we had once we knew pastor scott was coming on the 29th we said now we fit to change that and so he's been he spoke with us on saturday night yeah both services sunday morning uh and now he's on the podcast with us this week and we're so grateful for you pastor man i i sincerely i, I don't just enjoy the church. I, I love your vision. I love your heart. I love what you're doing in this region. 
uh, it's there's a there's a synergy. There's a I get you all. You yeah, know, some yeah, might no, no. not, but I do. I get you. I <laughs> yeah. I love your attitude, your heart towards culture, uh, towards the church, towards Christ, and uh, and so that's why I'm I enjoy hooking up because there, this relationship it sharpens and it makes me better. Yeah. So I enjoy our conversations as well and uh, seeing what you all are doing. Uh, listen, I'm ripping you guys off in every area I can and taking it back to free life. So uh, <laughs> when when you watch some of these podcasts coming up, it, our, our videos, and yeah. you see your stuff going on, don't. Be shocked, all right. <laughs> That's yeah. funny. No, we. Uh, I told. I told one of our trustees uh, after Saturday night. We, for those that are listening, we showed a very important video Saturday night. The details of which will come in the weeks to come. But uh, we showed a very important video Saturday night, and I told one of our trustees. I said, "Y'all are going to be shocked when you get the bill." for when we hired Drake's music video producer to <laughs> produce, our, produce our video because uh, of the, the feel and the vibe of it. But anyway, um, we didn't really do that for listeners just to clarify, but yeah, <laughs> she had yeah. a big video. It was good. It was. And then we had, um, you know, hypnotize <laughs> on the bumper video yesterday in service. Well, Pastor Scott was like, okay. I could, yeah. No, I, I was feeling like I was home. It was yeah. like, we we do we some would, of this, but I'm loving all this. Yeah. Love this. Love yeah. So, uh, so we got into the message yesterday. Pastor Scott was preaching on family affair uh, yesterday and, and Pastor do, do us a favor and why don't you, why don't you kind of give us a little bit of your thought process coming in? You guys did a series at home. Yes. And so give us a little bit of your thought process, where you were with your church and, and it fit just perfect into the sushi sex and subtitles message and all that stuff. But Which is a, a better title than family affair. I mean, you guys crushed it on the titling, so I want to go change mine. But yeah. I'm inspired by you. <laughs> no, I love it. Anytime you can put sex in your title for church, you know, you're, yeah, it's, it's a different church for sure. No, I love that. Well, as we kind of shared yesterday, um, what I do know is I've, I've been raised in the church all my life, been around church people and families all my life, and uh, we're all growing in our faith at different levels, different different seasons are going on. But but the one thing we do know is the quality of our relationships determines the quality of our life. And and I believe God's word, in fact, you can read it and see it all through God's word, is he's extremely interested in our relationships uh, it, it's not just the up and down relationship between us and him, but it's us and them. Also, mm-hmm. we have to connect with people. And so, uh, so throughout the Bible, we see God challenging us. As we said yesterday, at, you know, the, the, out of the 10 commandments, eight of those 10 commandments are about relationships with other people. Uh, God is very intentional because as we treat others, it really begins to reveal what's in our heart. Yeah. And so uh, it, that that ongoing work, uh, the, a neighbor can get on your nerves, a spouse can get on your nerves, your kids can get on your nerves, a coworker can get on your nerves. Man, listen. How do I handle those moments? And it reveals who Christ is in me. Am, uh-huh. am I handling it in a way that honors him? So all that being said, I think it's critical that we talk about relationships uh, because it really pulls together and synergizes all that I know about Christ. How much is he working through my life? And, uh, and so that's where we settled in on it because families matter. We have blended families today. We have young married families today. We're at all different levels, but how can we leverage this forward? I think God's word speaks strongly to it all, to all of it. Yeah. Yeah, no, no doubt. I, I agree. And I think that it's important, you know, we, we don't talk enough about, you know, I, I, I think we do deal a little bit with the idea that, you know, uh, husbands love your wives and wives love your husbands. Yeah. And, yeah. And we, 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 we blanket that statement out there but I don't think we talk enough about relationships and, and, and even, you know, one of the things that we'll get into as you kind of 
to discuss yesterday, just this idea of like what it looks like for husbands, what it actually looks like, what that plays out in a real world scenario yes, yes. versus just like, you know, wives submit to your husbands. It's like, well, yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> There's a little more to that it's than, for uh, sure, for than, sure. than blind submission. Right. So, yeah, yeah. um, so anyways, yeah. So I, I thought that that was powerful and you did, you did three weeks, you know, we did, we did, uh, we, we launched our first week. We talked about, it and we shared even yesterday on this one, uh, how we all struggle with selfishness. Yeah. It's in the core of who we are. We, we initially, immediately, in our nature, we think of me first. Mm-hmm. How's it going to affect me? Why are you doing that to me? I deserve more. It's, it's me, 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 I, I, I. Uh, as we know, God's word tells us to thank others. We'll address that. But then the second week, we went into celebration. Mm-hmm. How then do we turn around and celebrate? It's the number one energy giver to relationships. There's even, there's even psychological studies uh, that are showing that couples who celebrate each other verbally, expressively, those marriages are stronger and insulated mm. from many things that would attack and tear other relationships apart when we're willing to celebrate each other. Not me, but you. You're the, you're my focus. And then the final week, we talked about coming together in unity. God's number one desire for marriage is unity, oneness. And what does that look like? What does that actually mean? And so, yeah. and then you find out behind that what God promises. When you, where I see unity happen, this will be the result. And then God just unloads heaven on that relationship. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's that's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. I I think what you what you talked about yesterday is huge, uh, this idea of of uh, selfishness, um, and you, you kind of kicked off this idea that selfishness is a cancer that can destroy relationships. Yeah, you know, and uh, and one of the things I I thought was great, I always thought because we hadn't really dealt with marriage yet. Okay. In the series, okay. we okay. we dealt with like single, unhealthy single, healthy single, and we dabbled into relationships last week. But this was the first time we talked about marriage, and I thought it was good because I've been married for ten years. But there's people in the room that's been married three times longer than I have. So for me to get up there and tell everyone what marriage looks like, yeah, I can do that according to what the Bible says. But sure. I think like having some having some wisdom well and I, I've got my scrapes my cuts my bruises <laughs> where I have jacked this thing up I, Cindy my wife she's Puerto Rican and I'm so blessed to be married to a Latina uh, <laughs> but we've been married for 25 years it'll be 26 years in May of this year and um, marriage has taught us a lot I'm a blessed man but I have made a lot of mistakes in my marriage and I, I've, I've derailed some things and I've I've found I guess there's a growing humility that I continue mm. to walk in and realize, man, Scott, uh, as we said yesterday, I think it's, in, it's critical that we take on the idea and the understanding that the greatest challenge, the greatest issue my marriage will face is my selfishness. Wow. Once I own the reality of I am, the, my selfishness is the greatest problem in this marriage. Not you, not fixing her. She does this, she does that. No, my selfishness is the greatest issue. Once once we settle with that, I think that really becomes ground zero and really beginning to launch true healing and turnaround in our homes then. Well, and why do you think that is, Pastor? Why, why do you think that selfishness is the thing? I mean, you, I think you kind of dabbled into it, but why do you think that's our greatest struggle? It's our core nature. It, it, it's in the sin nature. Uh, it's There is a battle for me, my, my my desire, my will, even pushing against God, right? It's the number one issue that yep. separates us from God is yep. pride, selfishness. Pride is the root of all sin in our life. Yeah, It's all about me and my what I get. Adam and Eve struggled with it. And I'm glad they were the ones that blew it because by the time I got came along, I would have blown it, right? It would have been me. So it's it's in the nature of who we are, and it's the continual, consummate battle. You know, we, we, we can go to a scripture in Isaiah when 
Satan, uh, originally the created angelic being, Lucifer, mm-hmm. uh, that cherub that was had amazing capacity in heaven. He said, I will arise above God. I will overthrow God. I will receive worship. He went to this whole I declaration all through Isaiah. And that's when God said, you know what? Out of my presence, evicted him. No 30-day notice, nothing. Like immediate eviction. You you are out. Uh, Because that that I gets in the way of you and us and we. And so I think that's something we're going to continually have to dethrone and Mm. chop that pedestal down Mm. in our life. It's a continual battle. Yeah. Yeah. One of the questions, because we created some small group curriculum out of your sermon. Oh, nice. So we do got a follow-up small group curriculum for every sermon. And, and so I went through your notes and created some questions and stuff. And one of the ones that I, that I put in there, I'd be curious to know your answer is, uh, how, how does selfishness cause us to misrepresent the gospel? Oh, wow. Yeah. You know, and, uh, you know, J.O., feel free to weigh in, you know, how, how does our selfishness cause us to misrepresent the gospel? Yeah. You know, well, I mean, I think we, we know the, so the one that we look to that actually brought us this idea of being able to be saved and reunited with God was Jesus. Yeah. And the word tells us that he came not to be served, but to serve. That was his whole capacity. All right. So if Jesus, 100% man, 100% God, comes down into this earth and he humbles himself, wraps himself in flesh, and then serves allows humanity, the people that he created in order to nail him to a cross. Mm. He allows that that he loved and created from the beginning of time to abuse him, misunderstand him, treat him, speak to him any way they wanted to, and he did not fire back at them. Okay, I could not be Jesus. I'm just telling you now, I would have had an attitude <laughs> oh, yeah. and I would have had right. a few thoughts. And right. I mean, I, I, so when you think of the humility that he embodied and modeled for us and said, this is life, mm-hmm. this is living. I think he was just revealing to us, again, this nature that you've got inside of you, it's going to be a continual fight. It's one that you can win. You yeah. can continue, continue to grow because in the kingdom of God, it's it's going down is, is actually promotion, not going up. Mm. Uh, it's who am I serving? Who can I love? Who can I inconvenience myself for to make sure life is good? And I think it starts at home yeah. because it's if we're not careful, it's easier to serve people outside my home than no it doubt. is inside my home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, we get so familiar and so commonplace with those that are close to us. So I think coming back to that reality of if that's where my greatest struggle is and that's what Jesus modeled and told me that I need to focus my attention here in becoming less of me, more of him. Yeah. Uh, dying to self is going to be a continual battle, but I believe it's one that by his spirit, we can, we can win these Amen. battles. Amen. Yeah. No doubt. I mean, just the whole, just the, the whole act of what the gospel is and what Jesus did is just the opposite of, of, of selfish is what you I mean. Ultimately what you're saying too, it's like, sure. We mis- misrepresent the gospel and in, in a lot of ways, I mean, if someone followed me around, there's going to be t- times in my life where, you know, just, I want to be first at the, at the red light or what, you know, like whatever. It's <laughs> yeah, like, it's continual, yeah. but you know, and then I think sometimes we probably do a bad job as the church. We get caught up in majoring on minors sometimes and, um, you know, not, not trying to fulfill the mission of what the gospel is in its essence, um, by sometimes being, but whether it's maybe we're just too inward sometimes, even as a, as a, as a church or an organization, yeah. yeah, you know, it's not necessarily about us and serving us. It's about serving those that aren't here yet. Correct. You know, correct. those type of things, you know, when you look at maybe even traditional church or whatever, um, you know, where a lot of times a lot of the programming is even centered on the people that are in it, yes, not yeah. on outside of the walls. Agreed, Justin. We, we become very consumeristic right. in, in our mindset, you know, in Rick Warren's book that he wrote several years ago, 
the purpose-led church, they, they said they did a study and they asked, I forget how many thousands of Christ followers, what is the purpose of the church? 89% of those actually came back and said the church exists in order to meet the needs of me and my family. Mm. 89% said this place, I am a consumer. Yeah. That's what church is for. Only 11% of the people got it that I'm here to produce ministry for others instead of just consume it. Yeah. And if that is the ratio, and I would say not only would it stay there, it might have even, the 89% might have gone into the 90% percentile right. yeah. by where we are today. It's very scary when we begin to think that if the church in America today is thinking that it's all here for me, give me, give me, give me, my, 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 do for me, do for me, we've lost the whole mission of, I came, Jesus came to serve others and he empowered us to serve others. Uh, the goal of my life is not just to be able to carry my life, but also carry my brother. Yeah. So it's not just me getting through carrying my cross daily. Uh, we're go- going into a series soon called CrossFit. Uh, the whole idea behind getting stronger is so I can help carry somebody else forward, not just myself. You know, who yeah. am I looking my brother's keeper? Yeah. So I think yeah. These are important things for us to look at in, in the church world today. Wow. It's yeah. that, it's that um, we, we talk a lot about like just the American church, kind of the, the American dream. And I was, I don't know what it was I was listening to the other day. I listened to a lot of podcasts. Okay. Um, but it was talking about even in a corporate culture where, you know, backstabbing and doing whatever you got to do to climb the ladder yes. is not only acceptable. Those that do it are kind of like, yeah, it's like, yeah. you know, you're a go getter. You'll do, you know, to get to the top. And it's like, that's just the opposite of what agreed, what we should be doing agreed as, as believers. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Cause we can still rise to the top. I mean, you can still, I'm not saying you shouldn't try to, you know, better yeah. yourself in, in your career or whatever, but you can bring people along with you. No, you don't I, have to tear I think ambition out. is critical that we have ambition and drive and, and, but understanding that that ambition and drive and advance, if I'm going to do life the way the Bible says, I'm looking for a higher position so I can serve greater. Mm. It's not self-serving. All of those things we can, we can find an underbelly, you know, every coin has two sides and right. we're not careful. We can, we, we, we can, we can get on the wrong side of the coin. And, and that's where that, that Christ centeredness conviction work of Holy Spirit in our life to continue to keep that fresh edge of humility, yeah, uh, ambition and humility. Well, the, that so, word just triggered what it was. It was a podcast. It was a bunch of, it's an, it's a new podcast. I was doing, it's a bunch of reform guys, but they were talking about is ambition sinful. Okay. And that was their whole podcast. Now I don't fully agree with where their conclusion, but I understand what they were saying. Sure. He was talking about church planters. You know, a lot of times now that church planting is kind of cool. These guys are like entrepreneurial, you know, these church planters. So it's like, um, and someone told him, man, you're playing the church. You, you must be pretty, pretty ambitious. And he was like, man, God help me if I'm only planting a church cause I'm ambitious. Yes, like yes. that was what he was battling. Yeah. Right. Um, and, and I, I don't, I don't think ambition in and of itself is sinful. Like the conclusion they were coming to, but I do understand what they were saying. Sure. And I think it could be easy to fall into that. You sure. know? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think that's, I, I think that's exactly what Pascal, what you just said. It's like the two sides of the same yeah. coin, right? It's like, exactly. you know, like sh- we have to be ambitious in the kingdom. Right? As long as heaven and hell is reality, we have to have yeah. a Dude, passion that drives us. are going us. to hell. Right. right. <laughs> I, I, if, if we shouldn't be ambitious and driven that's and right. wake up with a burden on our heart, call it a burden, ambition, whatever you want to call it, we can dress it up with Christian ease. But <laughs> right. the bottom line is we've got a mission to do while we still have some time here to reach people. They're hurting today, man. We're driving past people whose homes are falling apart. Yeah. We're, 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 we're having coffee with people who are about to lose their mind and don't know what options to take. They dress it up nice, got a car with a great label on it, 
they've got the bank account, but but their heart is in a condition where they're falling apart. And we've got to be passionately engaged in reaching for those people and loving them right where they are, man. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, no doubt. And that's the that's the thing. It's like I, you know, it's ambition evil. I said, you know, I think if you let it be, it's my respect, you know, like, you know, and, and I think we, I think we all war with that, especially entrepreneur guys. And, sure. and you know, like, uh, I'm not the guy that you're ever going to hear, like, that is indifferent about something. I'm, I'm, if I'm indifferent, it's because I'm choosing to be indifferent about it. Yes. But yes. I usually care about everything. Like, Absolutely. Uh, so, uh, if my wife, do you want to go to Target? I have a very passionate response to that. <laughs> no, I don't want to go to Target. <laughs> now, I may become indifferent about going right. because she, I know she wants me to go. I don't want to go. So, if that's what you want to do, I'll do it. And I'll be indifferent about my decision, but I usually have a desire. And that's what we're, I'm sacrificing that desire yes. for what's best for our marriage or yes. whatever the case may be. Right. But it's this idea that, uh, is ambition evil. I think if you let it, I think the reality is, and we've talked about this a little bit is because, and, and this, I think that this applies to our marriages. It, it fits into the church context, but when you look at it in your, in the context of marriage, it sits there too, is we've fallen in love with this Instagram, social media, portrayal of success and all these things and like even church planners and as yes. pastors we see what other people are doing and we can fall prey to going like oh, i wish i was i wish i could i wish i had i wish i whatever and our ambition becomes self-serving and it's yes. and, you know my success is contingent upon accomplishing and and we let go of the idea of what's great for the kingdom and start trying to build our own kingdom for ourselves and success for ourselves and and some of those things. And, and I think it works in marriages too, right? Where we yep. look at, we get on Instagram and we see that, you know, uh, our friends have traveled to Italy and, and they're, Correct. they're, they're going on these great vacations and they're in the Bahamas or they're whatever. And, and we start in debt too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Or, or, or they just blessed, you know, God gave them something, sure, someone in their church sure. blessed mm-hmm. them with whatever. But the idea is then we start going, well, I, I need to be able to do that in my family, but then we go into debt trying to live a life we were never supposed right. to live Correct. or wrecking our marriage trying Correct. to meet some standard of somebody else and that that when those things start to eke in we're no longer focused on god what do you want my marriage to be totally we're trying to match somebody else that, totally you know and that may back, or may not be there we're back to the motive of the heart and and that we actually hit this scripture yesterday philippians 2 3 do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit yeah it, it that 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 deceptive we, we can smile and say, oh, praise God. But the truth is the motive of driving met was, how am I going to look in this? Is my reputation okay? What are they going to think of me? Do I get the takeaway or does Jesus, did I make him bigger or are they more impressed with me? Which one actually happened here? Right. And, and we've got to speak to these things. We've got to address these things. We've got to look at and realize that you might have had a great Monday and you didn't struggle with this, but I promise you it's going to be back at your doorstep Tuesday and you're going to have to face it again. Because whether, again, social media, all this thing is running, we've got to stop trying to compete with people and realize we've got one, there's going to be one day of reckoning and that's when we stand before Christ and he says, what did you do to build my kingdom? Mm, And not your kingdom, my kingdom. Yep. And we all have kingdoms. And we've got to be so very careful that it really is honoring Christ and driven there. And there's times I have to go back and be honest with you, man. God, forgive me for the, for the jealousy that's running through my heart. I, I, I've had to walk away from social media before 
goes, man, okay, at Free Life, we're not at that place, man. Look yeah. at that. Look at that. Look at that. And the truth is, nobody posts the underbelly of what right. their church looked like right. that day. You don't right. see the, the empty seats posted, right? right, or, right, right. Our finances are down, and we haven't grown in seven months, and we're flatlined. No Come one's on. talking that stuff. Right. That's why I love Pastor Ed Young, Free Life, uh, from a Fellowship Church. Uh, my pastor, I, he, he, he did a, a video the day at the Sunday after Easter last year, and he showed all the empty seats. <laughs> he said, they didn't come back this week. You know, we all did the big post during Easter. Everybody's yeah. seats are full, but what about the week after? And so this is the struggle. This is the rub. This is the reality of where we are in, and not just in church in life. Mm-hmm. Nobody lives on highlights. We have a lot of lowlights that makes the highlights celebratory, and we need to have those moments and celebrate it. Yes, post that stuff, great for you. Yep. But I can't be living competing with your highlight reel. That's I can't it. go there. That's it. That's it. That's when we start getting into unhealthy marriages, yes. relationships, yes, you know, yes. individuals. That's what we talked about last week. So you'll never be ready. <clears throat> a healthy marriage is only made up of two healthy individuals. Correct. That's good. <clears throat> and so if we're not dealing with if we're not dealing with you being healthy, we can never deal with y'all being healthy. Right. Or we us being healthy, right? We have to yeah. Get to the heart of each individual person. What does it look like to be healthy as us? Right. right. Um, and I think that, that, you know, obviously that's a huge part, you know, it is. pastor, you said that, <clears throat> um, when you're talking about, uh, the main problem, uh, in my marriage mm-hmm. and you said, I'm going to treat my selfishness as the main problem in my marriage. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that that was a, a helpful statement. Um, and then th- I think this next one was big and it goes along with what I'm saying with what we're talking about right now. The idea that surrender is the key to defeating selfishness. Yes. And, and uh, has there been any moments in your marriage? And if, if the answer is no, that's okay. Where, <laughs> where surrender was a bit like where you just kind of had to say, you know what, I'm, I'm going to let Cindy win this one. You know, I'm, you know, I'm not going to go, I'm not fighting this. I'm not pushing this. Right, right. You know, this is this is my moment to be a loving husband. And- Absolutely. <laughs> there, there's, there's there's several of those moments uh, that happen. I think if we're going to be real and 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 this and I don't know if it was certainly it's the work of Christ, the the conviction of Christ, and 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 going to uh, the some marriage conferences and having people speak into my life and watching videos and podcasts to equip and challenge me, uh, I think it's important that we continue to put ourselves in environments where I'm having some, I can't continue to be the only authority in my life, right? I've got right. to have other uh, information being poured in. But but yeah, Cindy and I have, have been there. Well, I will learn to acquiesce. You know, in, in Ephesians uh, 5, we love as dudes to quote that one scripture, wives, submit yourself to your husbands, right? I mean, that's that one will get your head taken off, but you know, you yeah, don't right, quote right. that to your wife. Of all the scriptures, don't quote that one. Uh, but before that one, before that one comes on, it says, submit yourselves one to another. Mm-hmm. There are times that I need to submit myself to my wife. And there's times that she submits, but but notice this submission is an act that I do for myself. Cindy will never force me into submission. She could overwhelm me, overpower me, defeat me, but she can't make me submit. Submission is a will that I take on. It's a choice of mine that I will. And and the word submit actually means to duck. Mm. So I choose to duck. Well, why would I duck? Why does God say duck? Because what happens is if I get out of the way, then God can deal with her. Mm. Or if she will get out of the way, God can deal with me. Wow. Submit to your husband. Get out of the way, and I will hit him head on. Mm. And I will deal with the pride. I will deal with his anger. I will deal with the verbal thing. Get out of his way. 
And so when we realize that that really is actually a tool that God says, work with me in this situation, Mm. submitting is not where you are less than, oh, no, no. It just shows the strength of character you have to be willing to submit, duck, choose to duck and come under so I can deal head on with the issue. So I think it's something that we have to mutually do in relationships. Uh, Cindy is my equal. She's not less than, she's not a degree beyond, no, no, she is the other side of me and we are two complete human beings, but man, I want, I desire that lady, I'm better because of her. Yeah. And when we realize that, then it becomes easier to say, nobody in our marriage wins. We either win as a couple or we lose as a couple, but nobody wins in this, in this home, in that capacity. So whatever it takes for the team win, that's what we do. Yeah, no, that's powerful. That's powerful. And so, Pastor Scott, you took us on a bit of a journey. We we went through four things mm. that you think uh, that you said was going to uh, heal all marriages in our church, and that we could hold you accountable for these four. Th- I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, no, you, you gave us four things to to kind of walk through in the family affair, right? The, yes, dealing with selfishness. Yes. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, so, let's just hit those real quick. The the I'm first sorry. one, uh, Pastor Scott, you said that I'm going to deal with me. Right. Deal with me. Somebody, well, let's just go, let's, let's make it more real. I have to take responsibility for my issues. So we can talk about selfishness and we can dance around it all day, but until I make it personal, it's not going to change anything. Mm -hmm. So I am the issue. I have to deal with me and realize that there is a nature inside of Scott that is not pleasing to God. There's a nature inside of me that would destroy my marriage. There's a nature inside of me that would actually jack my life up. Mm. I can't do everything I think. I can't believe everything I think. Mm. I certainly shouldn't say everything I well, think, there right? You go. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so I have to deal with me and realize that, okay, I am the issue because until I take that, I can't control my wife. I can't do it. Um, but the only one I can control is me. Yeah. And as long as I can, tr- can can handle me, if I will take responsibility for my part of the mess in this relationship, you see here, people, f- we miss this sometimes. Well, no, they're the problem. I- I'm not saying that your spouse or your uh, the, the one you're in relationship with doesn't have issues. I'm right. not saying that. But what I am saying is I can't fix them, but I can fix me. And since I am an integral part of this relationship, if I fix me and I change, then Cindy starts having to respond differently to the different me that I'm bringing mm, to this relationship. Yeah. So now her responses have to change. So instead of being combatant, now she runs into humility. Yeah. What does she do with that? Do you keep slapping at somebody? Not physically, but do you right. keep slapping with words or attitude? Sure. When someone is saying, I'm so sorry, you're right. I shouldn't have done that. Yeah. All of a sudden, there's there's a different response in the home. And I have noticed, of course, the law of first mention, God's word tells us men that we need to lead in this, that when we lead with that, that's what the response is going to mirror that. Mm, so yeah. we've got to lead in that whole thing. And it's not an immediate thing, but dealing with me. Uh, yes, I have to realize that I'm the issue and I've got to handle me and realize that I've got to, I've, I've got to apply this truth to my life. Yeah, you, you said it in a sermon yesterday, it was, not in any of your notes, but you said it in a sermon yesterday and I think it was super powerful. And I'm not sure which one it would fall under better but that's on my mind i want to make sure that we mentioned it you know you said uh inside of every man is is a a, a king and a fool i yeah. think it's what you said yeah whichever one you speak to is what you get out of him exactly and i was like that I, that was powerful Man, it, I, <laughs> you know it, it's actually it's actually laid out in the story of so king david had a real challenge and a run-in with nabal 
Okay. Uh, Nabal was a very wealthy guy. He had sheep herders and thousands of sheep, the Bible says. And David, when he was with his crazy band of dudes, uh, Nabal's sheep herders came through his area, and David actually fed and protected his sheep herders while they were in David's region. Uh, David then later on came to a scenario where he actually ran out of food and his guys were coming back through and he sent word to Nabal, I know you're a very wealthy man, but could you please give us some food for the night that we could have? And Nabal was a, just a, a, a evil, prideful guy. David said, look, we, we took care of your guys in that season. Would you mind just helping us with this season? And Nabal sent back, no, kiss my grits. You can't have anything, basically. <laughs> David went off. And, you know, one thing about it, David was, you know, God's man, but David had an attitude and an anger issue, you, right? I mean, he could just go off on you. So so David said back, okay, I'm taking his head off. That's it. You, right. You're mistreating me? That We don't roll that way. Nabal's wife, Abigail, heard about what Nabal had done to David and realized, my husband's about to die. Yep. David does no joke. He's coming in. He will take him out. The Bible says Abigail went to David. And she took all the food and supplies that he asked for. Mm. She went to him and she said, King David, you're right. And I'm so sorry for how my husband has approached you, for how he treated you. I apologize. Long story short, the Bible says that David changed his mind based on how Abigail spoke with him. Mm. David, the response of Nabal brought the fool out in David because David really takes takes someone's head off. Abigail shows up and talked to the king inside of David. Mm. And all of a sudden, a peacefulness came on his life. And actually, it's interesting because just a few days later, the Bible says that Nabal dies. And then David said, hey, that means Abigail's a widow right now. <laughs> and goes, and he actually marries Abigail and makes her because she was a beautiful lady, according to the Bible. But bottom line was, fool or a king, both of them are resident inside of us. And yeah. the one that gets approached is the one that will speak back many That's times. That's so powerful, man. Because I think sometimes, you know, with... with, with uh, particularly in this conversation sometimes uh, the wives women you know sometimes there's there is conflict there is friction and even you know getting into weeks we've already kind of covered because we have uh, because we all come into marriages with baggage yes sometimes you are taking out your frustration from your ex-boyfriend or your ex-husband on your now husband Yes. And, 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 or your now boyfriend or your now fiance. And sometimes we carry old relationship baggage in the new relationship. It is so true. And when we do that, we're speaking, we're not even speaking to the fool in our current husband. We're speaking to the fool in our ex-husband or ex-boyfriend. We're speaking to, but we're speaking it into our current relationship of the hurt from our past relationship. And then we're getting mad when our current relationship is turning into our past relationship. Exactly. (laughs) No, you're dead on. That's the challenge. And, And if people have been through the tragedy of divorce in their life, I'm so glad that God's a God of forgiveness and restoration and all that thing. However, there are some people that are, that are actually right now married to two people. Because they're not their ex. Yeah. They are still married to their ex because what their ex said and did is still controlling their actions, their attitude, yeah. their words right now. And it will poison and it can destruct a present marriage mm. if we don't let the ex actually be the ex. Yeah. Put them back in your past. Have a funeral for them in your mind. Let that go. That yep. was then. This is now. And give this present spouse you have in your life, give them that opportunity to actually be all that God wants them to be. Yeah. Or, and, then, and the flip side of that also, Pastor, is... is if the if your current relationship marriage whatever if that person is now making every attempt to change yes so maybe that yes. person is the one that damaged you maybe that person yes. is the one and as they're making changes you have to choose a husband or wife you know so if your current 
you know, for men, if you're, if your wife is becoming this new person, yes. uh, you have to give space for that new person to exist and stop oh, holding them to old standards and old actions. Absolutely. You know, and, yeah. The scorecards do not work in marriages. Not at all. No, <laughs> no. You got to burn them things up and it, cause it will come back and destroy you. First Peter three, verse one is a verse that I love and it speaks uh-huh. to wives. It says, submit to your husbands. And again, we're talking about duck. I'll deal with right. them. But it says, so that if your husband is a non-believer, your lifestyle will bring an impact of change to their life. Yeah. Get out of their way, duck. I will deal with them. But they're watching your lifestyle. So the ability to affect change in a home, even when there's someone who is not a Christ follower. Yeah. All of that is still there and available for our lives. We're not... We're not handcuffed and all of a sudden I can't do anything about it. No, we can actually change the culture. In fact, the word here in the Greek is really interesting. It, 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 that word change, it starts talking about to regene. Mm. The genes, the genealogy begins to change. You oh, can wow. regenerate, regene wow. the culture of your house by the way that you live your lifestyle. There's a joy in your life. There's a submission. There's I, I'm not combatant. It's not selfish. There's not these harsh words. I'm talking to the king, not the fool. And by the way, this is it's not just gender wise. I, the the word is speaking here too wise, but I believe. As men, we can lead. Sure. And if our if our wives are maybe not following Christ in that capacity, how we love and honor and respect and celebrate though that that's the impact behind that. I don't think is can be calculated mm. as to what that impact actually does so in true. those lives. It brings a healing. That's so good. true. So true. And then yeah, we go to second the second point where it says we're going to fight for second place. And I don't know why, but that stood out to me. Maybe because like I, the competitive nature in me. Anytime yeah. we start talking about first place, second place. Yeah. Uh, the the idea of not winning. Right. I, I hate I hate the idea of not winning. I'm just going to say it. It sucks. <laughs> it, 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 no, it, it does. does. It sucks. It, life, it sucks. Strength, it sucks. Ego, yeah. all that stuff. You all have heard it before. You probably preached before. Ego stands for edging God out. Yeah. Um, it, that, that ego that rages inside of me. And, yeah. and really, when I fight for second place, I'm trying, I'm working actively at destroying the ego. Yeah. Um, I, I will choose to come under and, and serve. And I, I'm just telling you now, there's nothing that feels good about it. There's no one that has that down. That's going to be a continual battle mm-hmm. in our life. So uh, you never get to, oh, I finally did it. No, well, then you have to do it again tomorrow. Right. Right. You know, <laughs> you, right. you didn't get yeah. there. But Congratulations. But, yeah, exactly. But no, that thing, that thing screams inside of us. But I, I will tell you this. Once I really tried to, and I, it took several times of me talking it through and st- to myself, driving down the road in my Dodge Ram 1500 pickup truck. I'm telling <laughs> come on, Scott, second place, serve her, love her, honor her, make her feel like she is the queen of the world, man. Mm-hmm. Let her just, I, I actually began to buy into that. Wow. And I felt myself, so what can I do today? I began to strategize as men. Men, we can do this because we are so goal-oriented. Right. We can begin to, okay, so let me make a plan. So if I was going to do that, what would I do today to make her feel top of the world? What could I do to blindside her and, and amaze her with, I can't believe you just did that. Because we, as men, we do things and we love the reaction based on what we just did. Right. We're we children. Can, we, yeah, exactly. We are. We're a bunch of kids. But we can turn that for such good. Yeah. Shoot her a text message because it's Thursday. I want you to know I love you and I'm thinking about you right now. Yeah. Done. Yeah. You, you show up with flowers. She's wondering, okay, who died? Did you steal this from a funeral or what did you do wrong? No, I did this because I was thinking about you and I love you. I just want you to know. I was th- Little things all of a sudden 
preferring and lifting her up, making her the focus of my life. It, it, it really, it is, it, it's, it's serving the purposes of God. It's blessing my relationships, my home, but it really does put me in proper position, which is mm. second. And that priority list that God has has for us is it's God. Then it is my spouse. There is an order there. And it's, by the way, I'll just throw this in it's spouse before it's my kids. Mm. Yeah, say that. I, I think say I think it's critical today. Uh, we have homes that are better and more focused on taking care of kids than we do taking care of each other. Yeah, and I'm telling you, the home is not built on children. The yeah. home is built on the unity of a mother and a father modeling what humility and relationship looks like. So kids grow up. We create a generational blessing that is flowing because our kids have learned how to talk, communicate, submit, love, repent, work things out. We have to go there. I will never be the father I need to be until I've been the husband I need to be. That's powerful. So I need my son. And we did this early on. I needed my son to leave. I needed, uh, he needed us to leave him with a babysitter at two years old. And go spend three hours, she and I just being husband and wife and laughing yeah. and fighting over an ice cream cone and watching a movie and, right. and do all that. And then come back and bring him in. And then we would go on family time. We enjoyed family sure. time too. So we're not kicking him away. But, man, I've got to center and realize that is where the blessing flows. When the husband and wife come together honoring Christ, man, here's where the increase hits. Yeah, and so many times, it, it, that's a that's powerful. We, we hadn't even hit on that, but that's so true. So many times we see it in marriages, right, where uh, the marriage is a mess because of the kids. Right. Right, you know, and they're taking sides with the kids, and they're Absolutely. doing all this stuff. And it's like, no, no, no. Like the, you guys have to be unified. The kids, actually, and especially once the kids get grown, you well, said you, you got 15, 16, 17 year olds. Yes, you, you're fighting for each other, and Absolutely. them kids that do, you know what I mean? Like, so it, you guys need to learn. You know, we all need to learn yes. uh, in marriages, but particularly when you have grown kids. I mean, your son's 24. Yes, yes. Your son's 24, and you guys, I'm sure, have navigated this where you had to choose, you know, if Caleb's going to go all buck wild and do something crazy, we're together. Absolutely. Even, I'm sure there may have been moments where Cindy felt different about a decision you had to make on oh, behalf of Caleb. Oh, yes, yes. <laughs> we had those conversations in the bedroom before I went in to, uh, how, how do I say this, distribute the discipline uh, <laughs> in, in order to, and we discussed because she's like, Scott, da, 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 and we shared, but when I came out, we walked out as a unified force and he could not separate us. So important. It's a unified decision that we're coming together so that once the discipline was applied, she's not going behind him. Let me take you to Burger King. We'll talk about it. I'm so sorry. He shouldn't have done that. Yep. Okay. We've got uh -huh. a busted home and it's a mess. Yep. And I'll tell you what's going to happen because now Cindy and I have experienced this too is if we don't stay focused on husband and wife intentionally, you'll get really good at raising kids. But when those, once those kids leave, your kids are leaving. Mm -hmm. You're raising them to leave you. That's right. You you need them to leave, right? So, But once they leave and now it's just you two looking at each other, you'll forget why you started this thing. Yep. You'll have nothing in common mm. because the common thing that brought you together has now left the house and you're looking at a stranger that you pay bills with. Yeah. And there's something wrong with that. I didn't want to lose my wife in this process. And even though we've worked on keeping our marriage strong and loved raising a family, once Caleb stepped out, it was an adjustment for us. Yeah. It was weird. Like in the house, that's like, now we absolutely love this empty nesting thing. It's amazing. <laughs> Don't right. come back. And of course, he's now he's married and he's got his own home. It's all good. But I'm just saying we have to really focus on that, especially, and I'll drop this in, blended marriages. Mm. You've got blended families mm -hmm. coming together and kids from, from this side and this side, and they're not biological for this spouse or that spouse. I'm going to encourage blended families, and we work with a lot of them. The focus of that marriage, of that home, is husband and wife. Yep. If it's not, 
It's going to disintegrate. Mm-hmm. It's going to come apart. Whatever we could do to create oneness, we have one bank account. Our resources are operating out of it because where your treasure is, that's where your heart will be also. It's more unifying. It's coming together. Everything yeah. we can do to enmingle us, and we go out as husband and wife, and then we come back, and we have a unified effort when it comes to discipline, raising decisions, yeah. all that kind of thing. But we've got to come together, and in our blended families, husband and wife have to be the focus, not coming together just so we can raise kids together. Yeah, We've got to be we've got to be husband and wife. No doubt. And I think that goes into to your third one, right, which is serve others with priority. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, right. It, it is. And it, it's back to that thing of uh, uh, them first. Cindy gets my first thought. She gets the best. Uh, I, I want her to drive the nicest car in the house. I, I want her to, what can I do to continue to fight to make sure she is the first one I'm thinking about? How's this decision going to affect her? If I spend this money, how will it affect her? Let me talk to her about this. I, I, I still discuss this with my wife before I make any kind of major purchase. Hey, Cindy, Here's what I'm thinking. What do you think? Yeah. We, we've got to be on the same page because I don't want to create World War Three or World <laughs> War Me in the house, right? right, 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 right with right, all right. this. So, yeah, yeah. So, prioritizing each other. Yeah. yeah and then lastly, we get to <clears throat> follow Jesus' example. Yeah. Right. And um, In our face. In our face. No scorecards. <laughs> right. Didn't say, I'm this, I'm that. He just said, I came to serve. I came to love. Yep. And uh, that self-debasing. Yes. Yeah. No, that's powerful, Pastor Scott. We, we, we so much appreciate it, and uh, it's helpful. You know, again, it's it's helpful. It's helpful to have wisdom in the room. You know what I mean? It's helpful to have someone that's, you, you know, again, you've you've kind of run you've run the race a few times. And, yeah. You know, Pastor Dan often speaks into these circles quite a bit, but um, we we again we're we're so grateful to have you, and we're grateful that uh, Cindy let us have you for a few days. Oh, well, that's my <laughs> blessing. She, she loves what's happening here and loves this, this whole house, this family yeah. living, all that. And so we're grateful to be connected there. I will say this in closing, Psalm 133 says how good and how pleasant it is for brethren, for families, for marriages to live together in unity. Mm. And verse three, he says, there's a commanded blessing when you'll come together in unity, come on, fight for unity, fight for oneness. Cause whatever creates oneness is going to bring the commanded blessing of God. That's good. That's good. That's good. Well, we appreciate it. Pastor. Thank awesome. you so much for being with us. My joy. And, uh, Justin, Just to, tell where they can find more about the church. Man. You can find us online, transformationchurch.com or Instagram and Facebook at transformation Pensacola. All right, guys. Well, we appreciate you tuning in and, uh, man, next week we'll, we'll be picking right back up with part Five, four. I done lost track. I think it's four. Yeah. So we'll be picking up in the next week (laughs) of uh, sushi, sex, and subtitles. We'll catch y'all later. See you. Thanks for tuning in to the Transformation Church weekly follow-up podcast. It would mean so much to us if you would subscribe, like, and review on iTunes. You get double points if you show us love by sharing it with your friends. Don't forget you can follow Pastor Justin and Pastor Brad on Instagram and Twitter at Justin Oswald underscore and at Brad Livingston underscore. You can tweet them your questions and comments or email them to us at followup at transformationchurch.com. For more info on Transformation Church, visit us online at transformationchurch.com and on Instagram and Facebook at Transformation Pensacola. We'll be here next week where we will help create context and drive conversation to learn more of what God has for us.